ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, uh, evangelistic service, family members, my beloved, Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 543, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true nonfiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today we're reading 2 Chronicles chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, help everybody under the sound of my voice to pray and not to just listen. And Lord, if they are truly saved and born again, Lord, I pray... Uh, that they would pray without ceasing. Lord, uh, I wish I had the time to explain to people how powerful praying without ceasing is and how it can, uh, through your power, prevent major problems. And Lord, I wish I had the time to explain to them the power of accumulated prayers. Uh, how that you can pray for years and be prepared for one day and be victorious. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I praise you and I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. I praise you and I thank you uh, for the power of your Holy Word in my life and in the lives of others. And I pray now that you would grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing in the power of your Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word, to teach your Holy Word, to preach your Holy Word, and to preach your Holy Gospel. And we pray, Lord, 
for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving, the mourning, the hurting. Holy Father God, I don't know how I just I have no <clears throat> I have no clue how anybody can go through what just any parent who dropped their little ones to an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. I think that's how you pronounce it, Lord. And have a high school student to come over to the elementary school, not shoot up the high school, but little children, and a teacher, and he killed his grandmother too. Now, Lord, I, I just don't know how people can make it without you. And so, Lord, I know you love them, and I know that um, you... have shown mercy to them and I know you love them just as much as you love uh, me and the rest of us and so Lord I I do what I can do this evening and that is pray for the families that you would comfort them and uh, as only you can in a situation like this. There's just no way people can make it without you. And Lord, if they're not saved, draw them to yourself for salvation. That is the only good thing that can come out of this so that they can see their children again. I know that there's some parents saying that if I can't have my child back today, I would rather go to them. So, Holy Father God, have mercy, continue to show grace and your love towards them as we know you have, you are doing that, and will do it. <clears throat> Sometimes, Lord, I find it strange how you lead us to pray, and, <laughs> and you tell us to pray, you tell us to pray without ceasing, and... Uh, and you, are, of course, you're already doing what needs to be done and what you want to do. And yet, <clears throat> you have commanded us to do our part and to pray. And so, Lord, we pray now that uh, uh, your Holy Spirit would move mightily, save those who are lost. And revive those who are saved. Heal those who are sick. For I understand there are some injured as well. And a total of I think 17 people. 15, 16, 17 people have died. I think including the shooter. God have mercy. That's that's what I said when I heard it. That's what I, all I can say Lord is. Have mercy on the souls of these people in this little town. For they're facing something, humanly speaking, that they will never forget. And that's in the midst of 
a whole world that is suffering, a church that is hemorrhaging and suffering and hurting. And, uh, and the truth of the matter is, Lord, is not only the Catholics who need to be investigated, and the Southern Baptists who have been investigated, but Lord, there's some other Christian groups that need to be investigated as well. And we pray that uh, they would do the right thing. And Lord, uh, we, we ought to give credit to where credit is due. Um, and, and the Southern Baptists are the ones who ask for this investigation. And it's painful <coughs> for them. Other organizations need to be as transparent. And Holy Father God, glorify your holy name. Lift up your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, do it through us because we know that you can do it better. And uh, you deserve all of the glory and the praise. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, that's right, it's good. I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing. Thus saith the Lord the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At Second Chronicles chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. And it came to pass at the end of twenty years, wherein Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his own house that the cities which Huram had restored to Solomon, Solomon built them and caused the children of Israel to dwell there. And Solomon went to Hamath Zobah and prevailed against it. And he built Tadmor in the wilderness and all the store cities which he built in Hamath. Also he built Beth Horon, the upper, and Beth Horon, the nether, fenced cities with walls, gates, and bars. And Baalath and all the store cities that Solomon had, and all the chariot cities, and the cities of the horsemen, and all that Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, and in Lebanon, and throughout all of the land of his dominion.
as for all of the people that were left of the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites which were not of Israel but of their children who were left after them in the land whom the children of Israel consumed not. Them did Solomon make to pay tribute until this day. But of the children of Israel did Solomon make no servants for his work. But they were men of war and chief of his captains and uh, captains of his chariots and horsemen. And these were the chief of King Solomon's officers, even two hundred and fifty that bear rule over the people. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the richness. Lord, I don't even have words, as you know, to, to try to describe the power of your Holy Ghost in a saved soul with your Holy Word. I can't even begin to explain it. It would take me a lifetime what your Word does in a redeemed soul from any part of your Holy Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. People who are not saved cannot even uh, begin to understand it. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for people who are lost in the church, and obviously we have thousands probably millions of people who are religious in the church walls, serve in the church walls, within the church walls, but they are not saved. Uh, they don't have any fruit to uh, show that they're born again. One of those things is that deep thing that your word does in the soul, deep down in the spirit, in the marrow and bones of a redeemed being. I cannot begin to even explain it. I would not do it justice. And I don't know anybody who could. But with that said, Holy Father God, I have evidently some lost religious people in my family, and I've had some religious and lost people in my family ever since I've been saved for over 42 years. I tried to witness to them. They, they, they were in church before me, and they didn't want me to do so. They, they wanted to continue on the way they were, playing church. And so, Lord, I have family members that way. Uh, being a young evangelist, anybody who said they believed in Jesus Christ, Lord, uh, uh, you know, I was excited about it, and I believed them, including my wife. Uh, my wife uh, did some wonderful things uh, by your might and power, uh, 
a special occasion, might and power, uh, in front of her mother-in-law and her aunt, uh, who gave us a surprise visit the other day, and uh, and I have applauded her for that, uh, uh, because they came uh, uh, with the devil in tow, but. Uh, I have told her since then, you need to uh, act like you're saved every day. And my uh, prayer to you, Lord, is that she would submit to you and do that. And truly just humble herself down and not be like her mother and her aunts. But to truly become a born-again person and break this awful curse in her family as by your grace you have blessed me to break that awful curse in my family and on my family's side. For it is tragic to be religious, ignorant, proud, and lost, and on your way to a devil's hell. And Lord, I don't know, I can't explain to you how you did it in my life and brought me out of that religion and saving my wretched soul out of religion, dad, a preacher, uh, who eventually did get saved under the preaching of Billy Graham, and his life changed. There was no doubt about it. He had fruit. Uh, we shall know them by their fruit, you said. Uh, I, I, I say that without a hesitation. Uh, he had the fruits of the Spirit, and uh, the most loving man I've ever met, and... Uh, Sad to say, he was not raised by his father, so he didn't understand uh, love is not giving in to your wife and children and letting them have their way. That's not, I mean, that's you're showing love the best you can, but uh, there's another side of love which you uh, have no problem showing us. And I thank you for doing so, because I wouldn't be here today. I would not have I would not have preached uh, every day for I guess going on seven years and nearly every day I would not have preached like I have over the past 42 years I know for a fact that my wife and I would not be together if I did what my dad did let the wife get away with everything and thinking that that's love I believe my wife uh, stood up to her mother and her aunt precisely because you led me not to do that and to uh, applaud her when she does well as I have done my children but to uh, rebuke her when she does wrong and hold her accountable until she changes her behavior and so I pray for the salvation of my mother-in-law and her aunts and all of her family and all of my family, for obviously, Lord, many people are religious today, more than we know, more than we know, because you have put it on my heart heavily, but lost. <clears throat> I pray for some of my children as well, my offspring, as you bless me with many, that they would connect with you and, and make sure they and examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. And so, Holy Father God, uh, with that, Lord, I present to all of them
and uh, others the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in this way. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, when I was a teenager, a young teenager, for some reason I wanted to get knowledge, I wanted to get understanding, and it was all vain, probably just to show off. So I set out to read the huge family Bible sitting on the kitchen table that many black families for some reason had in the South. No doubt to show that we were religious. Many of us didn't know uh, the true gospel, but we uh, would go to church. Black folks went to church back then. And I'm sure some were saved and some, many were not. I know I was lost and I had a preacher father and a preacher mother, and I was lost and on my way to hell. And somehow I knew I was lost. Because I didn't have any fruits. I had bad fruits. Spoiled fruits. <laughs> I didn't have any fruits. Man. I knew I knew I was lost. And, I, and I, I know this is hard to believe. That's why I don't say it that much. But for some strange reason. I was lost and on my way to hell. And God did something in my heart. My daddy didn't tell me to do this. They, they never prayed at the house with us. My mother never gathered and prayed at the house with us. I've never seen my parents pray at the house, period. We never had devotions. But for some reason, and I believe God does this with many people, not just me. But for some reason, he put this prayer in my heart, and here it goes. God showed me the light. That's all I would say. God showed... I don't talk about that much because <clears throat> you people will not believe it. And you don't believe it now, some of you. But I'm telling you, that's what it was. My parents never heard me pray it. I don't think. My, my, my father, my mother, my siblings, maybe my little brother who's now going on to heaven, I do believe. The only people that I believe are saved in my immediate family is my dad and my brother, who are both gone on, uh, and I'm, I'll be following soon, I would imagine. Uh, I, I pray for my mother to be saved and my two sisters. They're very religious, and they're very disobedient in the church as well. See, See when you get saved, as I was praying earlier, the Word of God should have an impact on you, uh, in the sense of obeying it. There's something wrong if you can read the Bible and you have no you have no conviction, you have no interest in obeying it, and it doesn't bother you if you don't obey it. So I'm praying for my mother to be saved. I'm praying for my mother-in-law to be saved, and her and her sisters to be saved. Religious but lost. My assistant pastor used to call my wife's. Aunt Cynthia, 
Lady Macbeth. I ha- I didn't have a real problem with Aunt Cynthia, my my mother's aunt. But Samuel Madison did, and then Samuel Madison was a far nicer man than I will ever be. Real nice fellow, very easy going, and a romantic. He he was my associate uh, in the early years of Gospel Light Ministries. He was the assistant minister with uh, Gospel Light Ministries International way back in the 80s. And we would meet every week to, to plan ministry work. And, and uh, he, he, he loved his wife and his wife loved him and, and she loved her children. And, and, and they had a good relationship. And uh, bless his heart, he had to override her sometimes to be a blessing and help to me when I was traveling around the world. But nice man, a loving man, and uh, a godly man. But he had a problem with Miss Cynthia. She was religious, most dutiful, one of the few, you know, one of the two or three in church on Wednesday night. One of the two or three for soul winning night, or what we used to call visitation night. She'll show up every now and then. But he would tell me, watch her. <laughs> now, he's older than me. He's about 20 years older than me, I think. And he and I was a young pastor there at the time, interim pastor, and he was my associate. And he would tell me, watch her now. That's Lady Macbeth right there, son. That's what he would tell me. And you can be religious and in the church and not saved. Uh, uh, my wife is here tonight. Um, and I, I, I had to tell her, even since her mother-in-law uh, surprised us with a visit. And her aunt. I said, now, you, you... Uh, God did something in your heart at the moment and at the time that I have never seen before and I have not seen since. So I'm still praying for your salvation that you would humble yourself and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. As I had to do with a dad who was a preacher, mother preacher, everybody thought I was saved and, and, and the parents didn't mind me going out with their girls and daughters and I was a devil. Uh, the young ladies in high school, and I was a devil, lost and on my way to hell, worse than the other boys. And all preachers' children, they understand that. We got to be the worst. But I could not get past Genesis chapter 2 when I picked up that big old Bible, big old Bible, about this big, this big, I mean, buddy, this thick. I don't know. I don't know what happened to those Bibles. I don't know. Maybe the Catholic Church took them all back. I don't know. Gold embossed. First 50 pages. Birth certificates. When the children were born, it was so powerful that if you if you didn't have a birth certificate, if you took it up to the uh, city to prove your birth date, they'll take it. Yes, they would. Back in the day, I don't know. I don't think they do that now. But if you, you know why? Because people respected the Bible back then, and they know that you would not play with the Bible. You would not put a lie in the Bible. They knew that. 
And so if you wrote your son's birth date in that Bible, they took it as a birth certificate. But I couldn't get past Genesis to bored me to tears. Bored me to tears. I got bored with reading the Bible. I don't get bored now. I can't even read ten ver- verses, and I'm 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 in the wind, man. I'm I'm sailing. God is doing something. I, I, I just ten verses randomly in the Bible moves me. How many of you are so saved that you can see a church sign blinking with the scriptures? And it, it speaks to, you, to to a part of you. It speaks to your soul and your spirit. Just one verse. Huh? Hey. Hey, that's powerful, Jack. You're riding down the road at 55 miles an hour and, 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 and a blinking sign in front of a church. One verse. It just does something on the inside. See, that's for the redeemed soul. <clears throat> The redeemed soul experiences that. I mean, it does something. And it'll stick with you. How many of you have had the experience where you saw a, uh, a, a, a verse? Not, not, not a little cute sayings. That, the cute sayings don't mean anything to me. <laughs> I'm sick of a whole lot of cute sayings. But I'm talking about the church that sticks with the Bible and they put the Bible on the... The blinking sign out front. How many of you have had the experience? You were riding down the road and the church had put up a verse and God made sure you saw it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, yes. And, and it spoke to your heart down in that redeemed soul and spirit of yours. You can't shake it. No, ma'am, no, sir, you can't shake it. You can't shake the word of God. The word of God will shake you. One verse. And speak to your heart. So I'm telling all you pastors, get rid of the doggone cute sayings and just put the Bible on those signs. Put one evangelistic, bam, one that will help some Christians who, who uh, need some help. And some encouragement. That's how that's how powerful the word of God. I guess that's why the Bible says it's quick. Mm-mm. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. I'm telling you. Oh my. Let me go on now. So my beloved. I found out late in life that you have to believe in Jesus Christ. To understand and appreciate the word of God. And by the way, the older you get in the Lord, the more you love it. The more you appreciate it. The more power. I, I can't say it's more powerful, but it feels like it sometimes. So here's how I became a Christian. And how you can too. First, dear friend, accept the fact that you are a sinner. And that you have broken God's Ten Commandments. You must understand God does not uh, speak in suggestions or advice for your life. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, God speaks in commandment language. That means he wants you to do it 
for your own good. And if you don't, there are consequences. Uh huh. And so understand that the Bible says to you in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes you. No matter how wonderful you think you are, no matter how religious you think you are, that does not mean anything. Uh, the number of churches you have been to and how many times you've been to church is not going to count in heaven, my beloved, when you get to the pearly white gates. They want to see blood, and not your blood, because it is tainted. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who took away the sins of the world. Blood only, and you have to be humble to receive this. See, proud people don't want that. They want to do. Well, I did this, and, and, and Jesus said, many people are going to be going to him, talking, I did this, Lord, I preached, I served in the church, and I did this for you and for your name, and, and Jesus is going to look at them and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. We're all sinners. Can you admit that? Can you admit that we have done evil? We all have done wrong. God says so. For he says, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, what is sin, preacher? Lying, perjuring, perjuring yourself in court, will not only get you into jail, but get you into hell. Stealing, robbing your own parents and then paying them back later. and uh, You still stole and they still... Uh, don't know why their money was missing and people are lying on them. Uh, and that needs to be dealt with. You still stole it and you're still guilty even though you paid it back. Stealing some change out of your father's pocket, out of your mother's purse to go buy you some candy at Combo's. Or Miss Annie's candy store. Robbing your parents' change jar. Where they got a little they got dollar bills up in their quarter. A whole bunch of quarters. A whole bunch of dimes and nickels. Robbing it. And see, if you rob your father's change jar, jar you're going to be the one who robs a bank as well. There's no little sins in God's sight. Lusting after people and things with your heart. Coveting other people and things. And not only that. Just to name a few of the commandments that we have broken. Dishonoring, disrespecting, disobeying your parents. Whether you are younger, a teenager, or an older person. Dishonoring God by taking his name in vain. We have sinned. And that's just five of God's commandments. We've sinned against God. We've done evil in his sight. And we deserve to go to hell for just one sin. Second, accept the fact, dear friend, that there is a penalty, there is a punishment for sin. 
The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. We're all going to die. Young and old. The governor of Texas was all shook up. He was beside himself. He was broken hearted. This broke him. He's a strong man in that wheelchair. He can give listen to me. This governor gets more done in a wheelchair than most of us get done with both legs. That's a fact. And I'm not political. And no matter to me who's in the position. Uh, all I'm concerned about is that I know that God is in control. That's how I've been ever since I've been saved. Politics does not affect me. Uh, God, as long as I know God is in control, I'm all right. But this governor was shook up today. I mean, he was shook up. This, 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 this hit him hard. And it hit all of us hard in Texas. And it should hit you hard in other states as well. This is, this is another, this is not another Colum, Columbo or Columbine. This is like the one up in uh, Connecticut. I forget the name of the city. This is a, an adult going in and shooting little children. Now how you get do that without God, I don't know. I ha I can't I, I, I don't have a clue. It's breaking me up now. I'm trying to hold it together. This is right down the road from us, see. And this can happen, if it can happen there, in this little small town, it can happen anywhere. For the wages of sin is death. We're all going to die. You don't know when you're going to die. But God wants you to know that if he will allow you to die because of your own sin, he will allow you to go to hell. That's, I mean, that God wants you to know that because he loves you. See, there, there's a love. God, may I say, I mean, to help people out here. There's a love side of God and there's a judgment side of God, a righteous side of God, a holy side of God. And I hate to say it like that, but to try to help you understand, God does not play. He has said what he wanted said, and, 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 and that's it. And he wants you to do it his way. And if you were God, you would want the same. And I follow God's example. It's not the American way. And... Uh, and I have followed God's example in my household. I'm the head of the household. He delegated that to me. It's going to go my way because I got to give account to him. <laughs> with my wife, with my children, as long as you're living in my household, it's going to go my way. When you come of age and you don't want to do what I say, then it's time for you to go someplace else. To your own place. 
And I've said the same thing to my wife. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's just God's way. And he's the one who delegates authority. Uh, but the good thing about it is uh, he loves you so much, if you obey him, you'll be protected and you won't go to hell. You disobey him and you reject Jesus Christ, his son, God in the flesh, 100% God, 100% a man. You reject him and don't believe in him, you're going to hell. But he's the only one who can save you. You say, preacher, hell... Yes, third, except the fact that you're on the road to hell. I'm just telling you how I got saved. What I'm telling you is what Michael Lewis showed me over 42 years ago from the Word of God. That was the first time anybody sat down with me and showed me from the Bible how to be saved. I didn't even know I was going to hell. I only heard hell in negative ways like you go to hell and hell no and all of that. I never knew. I, I didn't think hell was real. I never knew I was going to hell. And I almost went to hell with Junior. My next door neighbor, I hope he didn't go to hell, but I, it, 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 he didn't even go to church. And if, if uh, he didn't even go to church, I went to church and I didn't know that there was a hell. I know Junior didn't know because I didn't tell him and nobody else told him. I believe my friend Junior, who, uh, who, who, who was going to the NFL, he, he should have been uh, in the NFL. He should be retired now. Because when Junior hits you, you go into the emergency room. Because we played football back in those days, no equipment because we didn't have any money. We didn't know anything about equipment. Later for that. And everybody wanted Junior on their side because if you gave him the ball, everybody would move out of the way. And he was a jolly good fellow. But he drowned. None of us could believe it. He drowned. I believe in the Noose River in Newburn, North Carolina. It was a sad day. He didn't even go to church. I was in church every Sunday, and I didn't know there was a hell. I knew I was going to hell. Nobody, nobody showed me the plan of salvation, how to be saved. All we heard was Reverend Pretty and them uh, uh, hooping and hollering and shouting the people out. And the women jumping up and down, and then some people shouting, and then when they shout, you got the nurse go over there and got to uh, surround them like a circle lest they hurt themselves from serving God. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. But if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to hell, my friend. And God wants me to tell you that. Because he loves you. See, see that, you say, oh, that's not loving. You're not making me feel good. It's not about your feeling good. It's about you getting saved. And then you'll feel better. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9, 43-48, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed, than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. 
where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell. Into the fire that never shall be quenched. These are the words of Jesus Christ. This is not some man off the street. The same Jesus that you you buy gifts and you put up a tree and you decorate your house and all of that. You go to church one Sunday out of the year, two Sundays out of the year on Christmas. Strangely, not on Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve. Easter. It's the strangest thing to me how churches have decided to close up on Christmas Day. I can't, I still can't believe it. Anyway, but those are the two times of the year you go, you're going to respect this man. It's not a tradition. I mean, listen, Walmart goes to church on Christmas Day, meaning they shut down. And if you don't get in there on Christmas Eve, buddy, by 6 o'clock, you're not going to get what you want from Walmart. Because they're going to close down on you. You know why they do that? Because they know Jesus Christ is no myth. They know that. The family knows it. The Walton family knows it. They may not always act like it. But they know. And this is a tradition. That we're not talking about Zeus here. We're talking about the Son of God. And we're going to respect Him. And they've done as long as I've been saved. And so we're going to open, uh, we're going to close at 6 on Christmas Eve and close all day. They lose billions of dollars <laughs> by doing that. Billions. That's their present to Jesus. So if Walmart believes in Jesus, you better believe in Jesus. I mean, you should. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Is that where you want to go? And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. So according to Jesus Christ, my friends, hell is a real place and so is heaven. Hell is bad news, but I have some good news for you. Translated the gospel. Jesus Christ said the most loving, most wonderful, most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind when he said these words, For God so loved the world. That's from Jesus too. The God-man, 100% God, 100% man, he proved it. By healing the sick on demand. And he didn't blame the sick for not having enough faith. On demand, he healed who he wanted to heal. He healed the blind. He gave sight to the blind. By his power. 
he uh, gave uh, hearing to the deaf. The God, man, his name is Jesus. If you don't know him, you should as your Savior. To the dumb he gave the ability to speak. That's what we used to call him. There's another name now for people who don't speak. So forgive me if that's not politically correct. But not only that, he fed thousands with a box lunch borrowed from a boy. He is 100% God, 100% man. It's no 50-50. He walked on the water like we walk on the ground. Why? Because he made the water. If you don't know him, you should. He was taking a nap on his ship one day and everybody was in an uproar on the ship crying, Lord, don't you care for us? We're about to perish. Jesus calmly walked on the deck and said, Peace be still. He was talking to the waves. He wanted them to sit down and the wind, he wanted the wind to be quiet. And they obeyed him. I said they obeyed him. Do you know him as your savior? And he has the power to save you from hell. He raised the dead. He broke up funerals by raising the dead. <clears throat> Where everybody could see. No sorrow here, joy. He went to the tomb of Lazarus. He had been dead for several days. The Bible says he was stinking. He had been dead so long. Jesus had to tell Mary and Martha, his sisters, just calm down. Everything's going to be all right. And he went to the tomb of Lazarus. And he had to call his name. Somebody said if he didn't call his name, everybody in the grave would have come out. <laughs> Do you know him? If not, you should. He went to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. <clears throat> and guess what happened? Lazarus came forth. They got him cleaned up. And he went in there and sat down uh, with uh, Jesus for dinner and Mary and Martha. He is the Savior of the world. For God so loved the world, he said, that he gave his only begotten Son. These are the most important words in the history of the world. Plato can't touch it. Socrates can't touch it. Touch it. Shakespeare can't touch it. Milton can't touch it. He can't touch this. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. <clears throat> so, dear friend, just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, 
and rose from the dead by the power of God for you so that you can live forever with him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul and he will. Pardon me. So that you can understand the Bible and appreciate the Bible. You won't be able to do so unless you believe in Jesus Christ and get filled with his Holy Spirit who will teach you the Bible. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth of the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven. To be with God and Jesus, the angels, and all of the saints. For whosoever, the word whosoever means anybody at any time, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. When Michael Lewis showed me this over 42 years ago, you know what I said? I said, that's it? Oh, I can do that. (laughs) I can do that, my friend. I have no problem. I just didn't know know what being saved meant. I said, I understand that. And on December the 19th, 1979, I got gloriously saved, and I have not been the same since. You can believe that. And if God can save me, he can save you. Because I hated church, I hated preachers, I hated my own loving father for no reason. No reason. The man never did me wrong. I hated church folk. And I was running away from God, Jesus, and the church as fast as I could. I was 19 years old, and I was into running women and being at the NCO club. That's it. Party, hard, jam, jam, boogie, boogie, let's get the uh, show on the road. But one evening... Michael Lewis showed me from a big old Bible how to be saved, and I have not been the same since, and I don't regret meeting Jesus Christ at all. You say, weren't you having a whole lot of fun listening to P-Funk and, and uh, uh, the emotions and everybody? Yes, I enjoyed all that. Slid small like a bull and all that, yeah. Enjoyed all of that. But I have never had any joy or peace like I've had since I met Jesus Christ. And I want that for you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friend, and thou you shall be saved. If you're ready to get saved right now, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of God. Call on his name and pray and ask him to save you. And he will save you. As Michael Lewis helped me with the sinner's prayer, I have helped thousands with the sinner's prayer down through the years, and I'm willing to help you. So follow me in prayer. mean it from your heart. And uh, be sincere. And follow me phrase by phrase. I will slow up for you. Let's pray together. Holy Father God, 
I admit and I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of the sins that I have committed against you in your sight repeatedly. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered and bled and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I don't understand it all. But I believe it all. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins and turn from my evil lifestyle. And to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the new life. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, he paid your sin debt. He is the sacrificial uh, Passover Lamb of God who paid our sin debt for the whole world and not just the Jews. He was buried and rose on the third day. By believing in him, you are saved. Allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life. And that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Jesus Christ, please go to GospelLightSociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Dear friend, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email us at dw3 or one of our other emails at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you uh, to help you to grow in the faith and be the strong Christian, Christian that God wants you to be. If you have a prayer request, please email that uh, to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we will resume our 
standing between the living and the dead devotional service already in progress, if you will, at this junction. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and uh, to the standing between the living and the dead service family members. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 142. We're at Psalm 16.3, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Dr. Spurgeon goes on to say in this devotional, but to the saints that are in the earth, these sanctified ones, although still upon the earth, partake of the results of Jesus' mediatorial work, the mediator. the mediatorial work, and by his goodness are made what they are. And that is so true. The peculiar people, zealous for good works and, and hollowed to sacred, uh, uh, sacred rather service, are arrayed in the Savior's righteousness and washed in his blood and so receive of the goodness treasured up in him. These are the persons who are profited by the work of the man Christ Jesus. But that work added nothing to the nature, virtue, or happiness of God, who is blessed forevermore. How much more forcibly is the true is this true of us. Poor, unworthy servants, not fit to be mentioned in comparison with the faithful Son of God, and we all know that. Our hope must ever be that haply some poor child of God may be served by us, for the great Father can never need our aid. Well, may we sing the verses of Dr. Watts' song, Oft have my heart and tongue confessed How empty and how poor I am. My praise can never make thee blessed, nor add new glories to thy name. Yet, Lord, thy saints on earth may reap 
some profit by the good we do. These are the company I keep. These are the choicest friends I know. Poor believers are God's receivers and have a warrant from the crown to receive the revenue of our offerings in the king's name. Saints departed, we cannot bless. Even prayer for them is of no service. But while they are here, we should practically prove our love to them, even as our master did, for they are the excellent of the earth. Despite their infirmities, their Lord thinks highly of them and reckons them to be as nobles among men. The title of His Excellency more properly belongs to the meanest saint than to the greatest governor. The true aristocracy are believers in Jesus. Allow me to repeat that, because <laughs> only Spurgeon can get away with that. The true aristocracy, aristocracy rather, are believers in Jesus. They are the only right honorables. Stars and goddesses are poor distinctions compared with the graces of the Holy Spirit. He who knows them best says of them, in whom is all my delight. By the way, for those of you who just got saved, this is your first little Bible study. Whom is all my delight. They are his Hephzibah and his land Beulah. And before all worlds, his delights were with these chosen sons of men. Their own opinion of themselves is far other than their beloved's opinion of them. They count themselves to be less than nothing. Yet he makes much of them and sets his heart towards them. What wonders the eyes of divine love can see where the hands of infinite power have been graciously at work. It was this quick-sighted affection which led Jesus to see in us a recompense for all his agony and sustain him under all his sufferings by the joy of redeeming us from going down into the pit. Yea, the pit of hell. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you, Lord, for your holy word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your salvation through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to remember this uh, passage of Scripture that may not be well known, but extremely powerful. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we move now to what I have dubbed the family verses. This is the family segment of this devotional. That God led me to do as I have done with my family since the beginning of our marriage. In fact, even before my wife and I prayed uh, and read the Bible together 
before I got married to her. She would always go to sleep on me while I was praying, but that's all right. She, she, she tried. And, uh, and we had devotions right on through the first child, through the seventh child, up until over 30-something years, 33 years. And uh, because of the present situation, and then one year, even before the plague, I knew that many Christian families, God told me that many Christian families are not having devotions. That's unheard of to a child of God who's been saved for a while. But, but thousands of families, and, 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 you, and you see the fallout. I mean, the fallout has been terrible. And so God says, I did it. And see, it, it, this would not matter. This would not mean anything, having this devotional with you. If I didn't do it with my family and with myself before I got married, almost 10 years before I got married, that uh, it wouldn't, this wouldn't matter. It would be showboating. But God gave me the leadership. God gave me the guidance. God gave me the permission. God gave me the push to do this because you're not doing it yourself. To help you. Now, our devotional takes on a little uh, extra uh, things because uh, uh, I saw early on in our marriage that my wife was not going to do uh, her part as far as being submissive and in subjection to her husband. And so God led me to read the entire passage of Ephesians chapter 5 and 6 dealing with the family. Way back yonder, back in the 80s. I said 80s. Some of you don't know anything about the 80s. On up. She didn't like it. But I did it anyway. To remind all of us of our role in the family. And uh, I knew where, where she came from. And I knew where I came from. And those marriages did not work. And I told her before we got married, now, we're going to do this God's way or no way. And so God led me to do this. Like most husbands, I, I, I told her, okay, now you handle the finances. Uh, I'll, I'll get the money in. I'll pray the money in. You handle the finances. You handle the bills. That's, the, that's your job. I want you, I'm giving you that job. And so I gave her the normal American power that most men do. Because uh, that, that would have been a help to me. And I saw that she was not going to be faithful to these tasks. And so I said, I tell you what, let's, let's sit down here. And during our devotional time, we're going to go through Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, 3, and 4. On down the husband part and the whole family part, the children and everything. And that's what we did. Up until now, and we're just sharing this with you. This is an overflow of what we've been doing for over 30 plus years behind the scenes. And that's how God works. Now, God is not going to put you up there to do something that you have not been doing at home. He's not going to do that. He won't even put it in your mind to do it. Now we're helping other people by the grace of God. And sometimes we have to be, you know, the proverb, but we have to be the ones who 
uh, sacrifice information about our family uh, so that you can be helped. The preachers who really help always are the preachers who are transparent, who admit that they've already been through this, not like these lying pastors of today who make it seem like everything is perfect. Me and my wife are perfect. We have never done anything wrong. We are so wonderful and great. We want you to be like us. And if you don't fit in like us, then uh, too bad. You can't be in our group. Anyway, we're at Ephesians 5.33, a unique verse. Why is it unique? It's unique in this passage because God speaks to the husband and the wife in one verse. Nevertheless, let every one of you, Ephesians 5.33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. So the husband is to love his wife. God emphasizes that. God is love. God loves us. God has given the man the authority to be the head of the family. He has delegated that to him. But he wants the husband to do it in love. Real love. God's love. God's agape love. And a love that is not wimpy. That lets the wife and the children just run all over him. Like we did my dad. My mother too did, did the same thing. He didn't know any better. I know better. I learned negatively from my dad not to do that. That's not full love. That's some love. But that's not full love. And so uh, because of that uh, God has blessed me to raise my children virtually by myself uh, only make, uh, having my wife to do uh, the dirty work that she needed to do and uh, that I was not going to do. Washing the dishes, changing the babies, and by the way, this dear lady, I shared with you yesterday in this service, a dear lady wrote an article on Crosswalk. Ten things that the wife ought to stop doing to her husband. And we ran the article, we said ten things minus one. One of the things that, that, that we, we crossed off that she said was uh, the husband ought to do some of her chores or something like that. I don't have any chores. I'm the head of the household. My wife has chores. My children have had chores. But I, I don't have any chores. I dish out chores. I'm not going to wash the dishes. I'm not changing the baby. Uh, or anything like that. Now, we may blow away, and there might be a tornado out there, but I'm going to try to finish, and so that you won't see us blow away. So, uh, the husband ought to love the wife. And then in the same verse, the wife ought to uh, reverence her husband. 
and the lady did bring that up. She said, stop treating your husband uh, like he's the babysitter. See, that's another thing I didn't do. It's only women. You go home. I mean, the husband come home from a hard day at work. All right, I got to go. I'm going. I'm in the wind. Uh, here's your children. I've seen, I've seen, I, I have a preacher friend. His wife was like that. I hired him to do some work for me and in the ministry. And uh, he would get off his job and go home, and she was going out the door before he got in. Your children always inside. And did it in front of me. Go take care of your children, and your son was something else today, and so forth. <clears throat> and I asked him one time, I said, Do you verify these things with your children that they was this and that and bad and all of that? No, I just go ahead and accept what she said. Okay. Anyway, by the way, some of you have, you better verify that stuff. Uh, she might be lying on your children. I'm, I, I hate, hate to say it like that, but you better verify that. Don't be putting all, your, all this stuff on your children. They're going to be angry and bitter at you when they get older. But anyway, uh, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. And that translates as love to him. My mother-in-law came by uh, the other day, and, and, and she she's always been reasonable. But she brought uh, a, a woman like a bat out of hell as an aunt, an instigator. And... My wife did something that was such a blessing. She learned this over the years, evidently. She, uh, it was a blessing. It was a shock. I was over there talking with someone else, talking with my daughter, Danny, and uh, my daughter, Danita, and my wife came over and, and asked my permission. Can she and her mother-in-law eat dinner together? Now, you know, that's God. That was God right there for her. I mean, that's not my that's not my wife. She has never done anything like that before. And I don't know what I know God took over, I know that. And God was honored. But she did that in front of other people. And really that's the first time she's ever really done it like that. Uh, and so I mean she's done some other things similar but not just bold. Told her mother, wait a minute left her mother and her aunt who was raised in hell and, and you know, let me ask my husband she showed her husband respect I didn't have to tell her I didn't have to eye her down and none of that in fact I couldn't even see her God was blessed and I was blessed and I believe the children were even blessed glory be to God and that's what you need to do I mean by the way Women, you show that respect. That man will give you the world. He'll let you do a whole lot of things you want to do. But show him a little respect. He's supposed to show you a little love. You show him that respect, man. You'll get the whole world, girl. I'm trying to tell you. Stop resisting. That's another thing that women said. Stop resisting. Your husband for sex. Being intimate. Always resisting, always resisting. I thank God I've never had that problem, but they're always saying, no, I, I got a headache. Take an aspirin, girl. 
let me move on before the storm moves us on. Let's pray for some other folks, pray for other families. Join us in prayer as we close. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray once again that you would protect us in the storms, in the tornadoes, high winds, side winds. Lord, uh, thank you for delivering us from hundreds of storms down through the years, hundreds of tornadoes nearby, and somehow you had them to pass over. And Lord, I pray that you'll have this storm to pass over as well. And Lord, I pray that you would protect us and protect others in this community. And as this storm travels and intensifies, protect millions of others as well. Again, Lord, we pray for the families that are devastated tonight in Uvalde, Texas. God, have mercy on their souls. Give them the comfort that only you can give. The priest can't give it. The pastor can't give it. But it seems to me every pastor in Texas ought to be making their way down to Uvalde. Every chaplain ought to be there. And so, Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of all families that are lost so that they can apply your holy word to their marriage and family and do it your way. You wrote the rule book. Help us to obey it. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will uh, revive every Christian marriage. We pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving around the world. And Holy Father God, it's such a blessing to uh, have my daughter Daniqua, my son Daniel Ezekiel, and my daughter Danielle. Uh, Lord, doing the faithful work that they have always done, and as I prayed for them before, I pray now, Lord, that you would bless them especially. Bless them in a special way for the faithful, consistent work that they've done for your kingdom. And Lord, as young people, they may be a little bit tired now of doing this work. Give them grace to march on for a while longer. And Lord, I pray that you would open up great doors for them so that they will be able to enjoy their lives as their older siblings have because I've told them all they're not prophets and they don't have to live like a prophet all of their lives now Holy Father God we pray for all Christians everywhere forgive us of our wicked sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission and Lord help us to repent of that and to change we pray for all of the victims that have been abused and sexually raped and molested by pastors, that you would comfort them and give them your grace to go on. And one of the best ways to do that is by uh, confessing it and admitting it and telling the truth about it. 
to somebody. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you cast out the devil and the demons of hell out of these bad situations. And Lord, people, pastors who are not willing to admit that they have sinned to their wives and to others and sit themselves down and repent, Lord, sit them down. Break them and make them, uh, break them uh, and, 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 and help them to find a place of repentance. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. At the same time, we pray for some women, uh, even young women, to stop being groupies. Uh, because see, it's, uh, it's exciting when you're pursuing uh, a woman and a man who you're not supposed to be pursuing and wishing for them and desiring them. But it's tragic after you get them. And that's the blinding power of the devil. So, Lord God in heaven, help men and women to keep their hands off of one another if it's not appropriate, if they're not married. And, Holy Father God, we uh, pray that other denominations would do what the Southern Baptists have done and uh, get an investigation going regarding their people. Because, Lord, I believe that you're pleased with it. Because you have made it very clear to us, if we don't do stuff like that, uh, that we're not going to ever be revived and healed. And Holy Father God, we pray uh, for every Christian who, who names the name of Christ. Help us to humble ourselves and pray and seek your face. And turn from our wicked ways and repent. And get back to you, our first love. Surround us and everybody else, Lord, as things are intensifying regarding the storm with the band of your holy angels, the wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for the President and all ministers of government underneath the president and around the world in all governments of the world including police officers and sheriffs and uh, others in government we pray for the peace of Jerusalem as, as well and Holy Father God we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Now, for all of the millions of people who are hurting from the coronavirus plague, with patients, family members in the hospital, people in the um, who have died, comfort these families, and uh, as only you can. And uh, we pray, Lord, that you will save those who are lost. Draw them to yourself. And Holy Father God, we pray now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your will be done. And Lord, I pray also 
uh, Lord, for these people by name who are hurting and suffering. Lord, we pray for the family and friends of California resident Manuel Juarez. We pray for the family and friends of Ohio resident Laura Ama. We pray for Ama Gadash D. Sabato. We pray for the family and friends of Pennsylvania resident Alex Kubak Jr. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Sharon Lee Holder. And we pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Pennsylvania resident Alan Potter. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and ours. And Lord, we pray for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests. We pray for the thousands who have done so down through the years. We pray for salvation, spiritual, family, life, protection, and provision, mental and physical blessings. Lord, upon them all. Hear and answer their prayers and hear and answer our prayers for them. We pray for some by name. We pray for Vicki. Please heal Christy Carson, a nurse who is in heart failure after giving birth to twins. God help. We pray for Pastor Bushibi, for the babies who were dedicated to you, Lord, to be raised up in the way of the Lord by their parents and to be taught by the Lord himself. Please bless Pastor Patrick and his wife, Jennifer, who are over the new church in Nairobi, Kenya. Bless them with a good report from the meeting in Soroti. And then he, he wants us to praise you with him for Timothy and Melanie's recovery. Thank you for hearing and answering all of our prayers. Please heal them completely without surgery. Deliver them from economic hardships. Bless them with peaceful elections. Bless them with church construction and financial resources for open-air gospel crusades. Bless them as they fast and pray. We pray for Jensen. Please destroy the works of Satan in his life and give him abundant life. Completely deliver him from all evil spirits and witchcraft. Help him not to feel lonely. Give him healing, health, prosperity, and the power of the Holy Spirit's anointing in his mind, soul, spirit, and body, and life. Give him complete healing in his mind and thoughts. Bless him with a good job and house. Protect him from the coronavirus plague and protect us all from that. Thank you for doing so, Lord. And Holy Father God, we pray now for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel, through this ministry and from this pulpit down through the years. We pray for the thousands, but we also pray for a few by name. We pray for Frank, Joshua, Lucas, A.N., John, Lou, and Jasmine. We pray also for the people who have recommitted their lives to you, Lord Jesus. We pray for Emma, Ondar, Eniobang, uh, Atusala, and Shankar. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been good to be with you tonight. Thank you so much for being with us. Please all stand.
please stand rather for the uh, our closing prayer and remember to pray for the people in Uvalde Texas put them on your prayer list because this will be a pain that will last until they die God have mercy and we're going to listen to the beautiful song I'll fly away let's pray Holy Father God we praise you and we thank you for your goodness your love your mercy and your grace thank you for allowing us to finish this service in the storm thank you Lord for the privilege to preach the gospel we pray that millions and millions would hear the gospel and be saved that all that you are allowing in the world and doing in the world would push people to Jesus Christ and Lord I pray that you bless the remainder of this night help us to all who name the name of Christ to pray without ceasing to meditate on your word in Jesus Christ's name we pray and for our sake amen